Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience here in Mississippi tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could join us here. Also, it's tuning in online around the world. Thanks to our different affiliates. We appreciate you all being with us as well. I cannot tell you how happy I am about today's guest. We're excited to welcome Dave Pelzer to our program today. You all know him from the book A Child Called It. It is an international bestseller, One Child's Courage to Survive. He is a brand new book out that is just as powerful. It's called Return to the River, Reflections on Life Choices During a Pandemic. We're going to talk to Dave not only about the writing of this new book, the reflection of his life, but the impact he's been able to have while also being able to understand and appreciate his own life journey as well. If you all are just now finding out about Return to the River, we'll let you know how to get your own copy of it. Dave, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate it. Thank you, sir. I know you're very busy down there and we're in California, and I guess we're going to have another warm rainstorm. So we may not, we might be floating away here pretty soon. <laughs> you never can tell. Well, Dave, look, I, I look, you're the busy one. So I, I, and so I'm so really, as I was saying to you right before we went on here, I, I have, I read your book, A Child Called It, years ago, and made such an impact with me, as you know, it has done with people around the world. And as I mentioned, Return to the River is just as impactful. But I want to talk to you about that because, I mean, for you to have had the success you've had in sharing your story, impacting lives, what has that been like for you, Dave, to know that everything that you've gone through, everything that you're going through, has been able to help others? Well, one, I think it's 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 a certain necessity. I'm, you know, I have a grandson, I have a son, you know, I've had this adventurous James Bond meets Jack Bauer meets Mr. Magoo life, you know, doing flying for the Air Force or going to Katrina to help out, or uh, I became a fire captain years ago, or you know, you do speaking or comedy or to write a book is an amazing adventure but i will say in the course of a life one never knows what events may transpire because there's so much luck you know you see people that are raised in good situations and they don't do good or folks who've been raised in unfortunate situations sometimes they don't do good sometimes they blossom and i have been very very lucky that the right time at the right place i had people behind me praying for me or, you know, trying to do something for me, like my teachers who rescued me just over 50 years ago. They put their careers on the line to intervene and call the police and then being placed in foster care. And, you know, foster care and social services does not get the kudos that they deserve. Because if you look at how I was raised and then how I turned out, you know, that's a lot of work and a lot of love. But I really thought this book, it was unscheduled, Return to the River, it was a fast production. Usually my productions are about two years. I'm like Christopher Nolan from the Batman trilogy uh, series, the director. I'm very slow and methodical. And this book, I, I, I will say this with love in my heart, is probably the best writing I've ever done because it talks about an individual and my age, you know, looking at choices I've made right and wrong and trying to say, okay, here's a different path. And then on top of that, you know, I'm a fire captain at two separate districts in the middle of a World War, War of the Worlds pandemic. So 
So there's always right. something that goes on. And I like about this book, it's a very spiritual book. It's a self-help book. It's a book about love and loss. And all of us have been through that. And you just got to keep moving. Dave, that is so true. And you were saying to me before we went on here, and it definitely one of the things that you say in the book, and when I was reading it, I thought even though you were talking about literally, I could see it figuratively as well because you talked about, you know, coming home from work and stripping down, you know, every article of your clothing, throwing it in the wash, and, you know, and, and then scrubbing. And I, and I thought about that, how as we're going through life and the things that we kind of pick up throughout the day, right, that can stick with us, the importance of letting mm-hmm. that go. Talk to us about about that for you. I mean, because letting go, I mean, people would look at those who know your backstory, Dave, would not think that letting go would be easy. But have you found that the important thing for you is that even though it's not easy, that it's necessary for you? Oh, well, well, to answer that question, without reservation, you do have to kind of let go because I think, I, I use the pandemic per se as a metaphor that, you know, we all saw it coming, and but it's not going to happen here. Well, it's in China, it's in Venice, it's going to happen here. So you have, whether it's divorce, medical situation, something that is overwhelming, there's the five factors of, you know, there's the denial, there's anger. You try to bargain, you get depressed, and you finally go, you know what? We're just going to have to deal with what we have today. And part of that is letting go. Because in my, my case, my perpetrator was my mother. And that's why I love the dynamic in the book. Because everybody said, why did your mom suddenly go crazy on you, Dave? I said, no. Uh, and, and again, and we, we, we discussed the dynamic about my grandmother, who constantly berated and bullied my mom, who in turn picked on me. Because you know this, Cyrus. Hurt people hurt people, and bullies yeah. were bullied. So we explore that dynamic, and I truly believe as an adult, you know, because when you're a kid, you think, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? How can I taste the approval? What can I do to solve this instantaneous problem? And I really believe with my knowledge, reflection, and, and you know, working so, much, so long in child abuse, there was no chance for a mother. There was no chance to save her. And I got to tell you, I, was, I just celebrated, Cyrus, my 50-year anniversary of my rescue last Friday. Uh, it's the first Friday of March, and usually I work. As we said in the book, I'm a workaholic. Hmm. And I had the grace and opportunity to spend it with my son and his wife and his son at the very same place my mother used to take us to when we were kids, at the place in the San Francisco Golden Gate Park. And it was such a blessing to kind of slowly, all right, I've done, I feel like a little bit of the James Bond character. You know, he does a mission, he drops his gun in his badge, and he walks off the bridge. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of on that bridge. I mean, I still serve as much as I can, but I think I've done a lot for God and country. And I'm just trying to slowly absorb the blessings I've been given. Dave, to that point, I wasn't planning on asking you about that, but because you brought it up, I think it's it's a great thing, I think, for anyone who has, again, watched you over the years. Have you been able to process all of this, process that people literally around the world know who you are, they know your story, and feel a connection to you? I mean, what has that been like for you to process? You know, it's, it's, I, I'm, a, I'm a psychological voyeur. I study Walt Disney, Robin Williams. 
I studied Adolf Hitler, Saddam Hussein. I studied Truman, Obama, uh, Bush, Trump. I study what makes people great, what makes them nervous. How do they tick? I study Timothy McVeigh from the Oklahoma City bombing. And in each case, I said that was the trigger point. That was the launch point. I, I still process a lot, but I really, at my age, I only have so much time and energy to devote. And sometimes you just, you just have to wash your hands and say, I leave you in peace. I forgive you, but I must move on. I always, my metaphor, Cyrus, is, is, is you and I are on a boat. And we're waving to everybody, goodbye, see you later, God bless, bye-bye. Sooner or later, you're going to have to move from one end of the boat to the other. And there's so many easy metaphors. Winston Churchill used to state, when you're going through hell, you keep going. Uh, uh, Brad Pitt in the movie World War Z, life is about movement. You've got to keep moving. A lot of people get stagnant, unfortunately, with divorce or maybe a bad situation, a perilous situation, or God forbid if they were violated as a child, and they get stuck, and they see the situation for what they think it still is rather than what it was. And you have to have the courage to say, okay, this is my lot. And I do another flip on this, and, and I say this a great deal. I've never met anybody, Mr. Webb, has come up to me and cried, I'm a victim of cancer. I'm a victim of cancer. They say, I fight the cancer. I'm a survivor of the cancer. And every day is a blessing. So it's a different lens. You look at the outlook. That's why, again, the pandemic in the book was a metaphor of just being overwhelmed with something we've never, but just like a single parent or someone fighting cancer or someone that's in program with, let's say, AA, you break it down to one day one hour, one minute at a time. And we use that metaphor in the book when I was unpacking, when I was packing yeah. to leave for my former wife, which almost killed me, packing to leave my, my, my home and then unpacking in a new home. And you got to just do it one box at a time. And sometimes you got to take breaks and you got to give yourself, all right, I'm doing okay today. I could have done better, but I did okay today. And and that goes to another point you mentioned earlier about teachers, and I want to talk about something you wrote about Mr. Z and also a very empowering moment in the book for yourself as well, Dave. I want to get into that. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, though, he's on the radio side or online. You're listening to Conversations Live. I have the pleasure today of speaking with Dave Pelzer. We're talking with him not only about what it's been like for him to share his inspiring story with the world, but he has a brand-new book out now called Return to the River, Reflections on Life Choices During a Pandemic. In the book, even though you do take us through the, your challenges and what you felt and what we're going through through um, the pandemic, Dave, you also take us back. And one of the things that we're able to be able to read and really process is a conversation you had with Mr. Ziegler, Mr. Z, as you call him in the book. And and I think it, it has to be one of those interesting things as you were having this conversation and reading it as a reader. I was thinking to myself, again, the roles that teachers play, but also – you know, limitations sometimes they're placed in. And when he said to you, Dave, we all knew, um, yeah. what was that like for you to think about and then the process as you were writing this book? It's weird because I have to admit, I, 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 I study writing and I study film. 
And I really think I would have been a very good film director. And when I write, I'm a very visual writer, and there's a lot of emotion involved. And, and it's like I'm painting a canvas. So it's so weird to, I mean, the book just came out yesterday. And it's so weird for me to pick up the book and read it because it's there to me. Every section is so heartfelt and emotional. But when you write it, that's a different, you know, it's a different thing. And, you know, to hear Mr. Ziegler tell me almost 20 years after I was rescued, when he said, Dave, we all knew. We were behind you. We were praying for you. We just, they didn't have penal codes back in that day and age to protect children or penal codes to protect those trying to protect children. It was just crazy back. I mean, it's, it's almost like, well, I guess he's murdered. He's not coming home for school for a while. It was just crazy. And what's sad about, let's say, you know, the abuse dynamic, it not only affects the perpetrator and, and, and the child, but you have to look at the collateral damage of, of my father, who was horribly broken, my brothers who were scared to death that my mother might turn on them, the neighbors watching me deteriorate, the teachers, the kids. My teacher, Miss Woodworth, just passed away a couple of weeks ago, and I am still to this day, I'm too ashamed to meet my former classmates. I truly am. you know. And it's something that kind of haunts you, but at the same time, you know, I've always – tried to be honorable because I know how lucky and how precious life is. And, and that, again, I think, again, the pandemic humbled us and knowing that it can affect all of us, not only now, but 20 years from now. And I've always been blessed to look at, you know, the brighter side, you know, the road less traveled per se. Right. And it's something I think that all of us can do. You mentioned an incident in the book, and I won't spend too much time on it, Dave, because there are some bright spots in the book, but there is something you talk about in Chapter 4 after an incident, of course, and you're kind of being with yourself and in this moment realizing your own strength. I want to actually read what you wrote. For those who have the print edition of the book, it's found on page 58. Again, it's from Chapter 4, and and they can read it, um, of course, to get the context of this, day. but this part to me was so powerful that you said, it was at that moment I sensed it, that warm inner confidence sensation. I was not as weak or sorrowful as I had outwardly projected. On the inside, where no one could ever begin to imagine, I was indeed strong. I want to talk about that, because as you went through other things in your adulthood and things you were able to overcome, how did those words help you to think about that you were not as weak as maybe others may thought, that you were strong, that you could handle what came your way? It's, it's something that I studied years ago, and I wish I – that was before the Internet and Google, and because and, and, I study a lot of psychology, and the professor said this is what we call the Clark Kent effect. Clark Kent is a fictional character. He comes from Smallville, USA. He goes to the big city of Metropolis. He's going he's gonna to be a news reporter, action news reporter, and he's overwhelmed with millions of people in Metropolis, and he's slow. He's out of place. He's kind of geeky. He's just – he's an alien, and he's teased, you know, and ah, you're a loser. And yet, dun da da dun da 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 where no one really sees. He can rip off his shirt, and he flies through the air. He's faster than a speeding bullet. Look up in the sky. It's Superman. And we all have that within us. You know, there's something I used to teach called underwear confidence, like what you wear beneath your clothes. 
makes you feel good on the outside. You know, there's just lots of little things. And sometimes we forget how strong we are. Sometimes we feel beaten. And that's why I think little movie in 1977, 78 called Rocky. There's no way in the world that Rocky Balboa is going to beat Apollo Creed. Apollo's faster, and he's got sponsors, and he's got all the fancy weights, and he's got everything around him. Rocky's just one guy. We don't care if Rocky wins. Rocky doesn't even care if he wins. But he gets up, and he fights the best fight he can. That's why I tell people, if you're going through a hard time, it's just for now. It's just for now. Do something. Do one thing. If you do one thing a day, do one push-up a day. Uh, uh, hand out a handshake or a flower to somebody once a day. Be nice once a day. Build that inner strength so when things do happen, you have something to draw from. At age eight, it was a turning point of my life. My mother burnt me on the gas stove, my arm, and I suddenly announced to myself, I raised my hand in a solemn vow to my higher power, and I said, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to give it my best. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I've used that when I was in foster care. That was very hard for me. I used it to get in the military and excel in the military. I was overwhelmed at age 52 to become a firefighter. It's, the dynamic is just unbelievable. It looks good in the movies, and, and, and it, it, some people think, oh, it's a very sexy thing. It's such a fluid dynamic, and you can get in trouble real quick. And I just, you know what, Dave? I said, break it down one step at a time, one thing at a time, and I found a formula. Here it is, three to five seconds. Then five to eight seconds. And when I taught as a fire captain, young firefighters, we break things down. You get dressed, you put on, you shampoo your hair, you shower, you shave, you put on clothes, you make a lunch, you eat your lunch, you go to work. You do a thousand things a day, but you break them down. But you got to give yourself the confidence, the permission to step through it. Everybody, you know, I, one time I was picking up a dog poo. I was dressed in my fancy dinner outfit, taking a nice lady out to dinner. And her son didn't want to pick up the dog poo. I went outside and picked up the poo. I say it's only poo. You can wash it off. It all washes off. Because that thing that you talked about when I came home to strip is what we call layering. You get the toxic things out of your system. You can shower, put on body lotion, PJs, clothes, and then that layers you from the inside out. But you have to give yourself that confidence because everybody goes through something. I just had to learn at a very early age. Right. And I think to to that, Dave, you and I were talking about something before we went on here, and that is this, that there are people who will look at you and look at what you've overcome and said, well, you are an overcomer because of what you went through as a child. What I love about this book, Return to the River, it reminds us that healing is continual. Our decision to stay resilient is continual. And our decision to keep moving forward is continual. You say this in, in Chapter 4 of the book, even admitting some very vulnerable things about yourself uh, during the pandemic. Um, you, you say this, I'm fully aware of my endless blessings and in my role as a first responder firsthand. I see good people on their worst day, yet with passing months, I feel myself sleeping away. I want to talk about that because there are people who – because of what they've gone through, people just expect that every day from that point onward is going to be great. It's going to be perfect. Was it easy for you to admit, Dave, that every day, even in spite of what you have already overcome, that you are still overcoming in other areas? I, I, I have no 
embarrassment or shame of of of, of making mistakes, blundering. Uh, and I use the firefighter thing as, as as another reference, you know, because it sounds. I mean, I have a few awards, and I've had an adventure life, and here I write books or do speaking or comedy, and and you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You can be Arnold Schwarzenegger on the screen, but when you come home, you still got to change the diapers and take out the trash. And the one thing I learned becoming a new firefighter, I would raise my hand and say, "Excuse me, that was my mistake." And they're like, "Whoa, that's Dave Pelzer." And I'm going, "Hey, hey." Hey, we're all human. We go to the bathroom. We wash our hands. We don't walk on water. We're all human. And over time, it was cleansing for me to say, yeah, I made a mistake, especially in this book. You know, I've had lots of opportunities. You know, I've had deep personal relationships or loves, and I have really screwed a lot of things up. That's why I wanted to take inventory and say, okay, you're 60 at the time, and and I don't have that much time and energy, so I'm going to try to make it right. And I, 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 I'm, I, I'm great on the job, but sometimes, you know, that teeter-totter does not bounce the way you want it to. And it is kind of cleansing. And it's an everyday thing. It's, it's, think about it, you know. Uh, uh, you marry Michelle, and we're, we're never going to have a problem. It's all going to be, woohoo! it's going to be great, really. And then it becomes <laughs> the dirty socks and laundry. And then you yeah. have to really work it. There's good days, there's bad days. And I say this, I said this a long time ago. Every day we're not bombed by terrorists. Every day we can pay our bills. In this day and age, every day the kids can come home from school or every day that we're COVID-free is a great day. Cherish it. There's going to be highs. There's going to be lows. That's just the game of life. No one's better than anybody else. And the folks who, again, seemingly have all the answers to everything and da-da-da-da-da, Either they're ignorant or they're just so full of themselves, and I really don't have time for them. I'd rather I, – I will spend hours, if need be, giving you CPR if I think there's a thousandth of a chance of bringing you back. I will do whatever it takes to make a mission possible. But I still have to look at myself at the end of the day, you know, strip physically, psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually, and say, okay – you know, what did you do right? What did you do wrong? Learn from it, and let's move on. And you can't, and this is important too, Cyrus, you can't a majority of your time beat yourself up. As I said in the book, and I thought it was a cute line, you know, if I only would have had one of those back-to-the-future time machines, I can go back in time, and I can fix this, and I can fix that. But then there's something called the butterfly effect. For every yin, there's a yang. And you just yeah. have to accept your journey. And hopefully learn from it. And I do admit this. Uh, the older you get, you know, again, time and energy. I can be dead in five, ten years. I don't have time for this stuff. You look at things differently, and that's when the inside kind of matches the outside. And that was uh, important in the book as well. You know, because I have lost an awful lot. Right. But I never did anything uh, to, to take advantage or hurt anybody. And I'm very proud that uh, my unfortunate demise to my marriage that, that, that you know, I did right. And, and if you look at this book, too, it's really a love story. It's a love story about a lost love. It's a love story about a little boy who is mother at the Russian River. It's a love story about a boy who admires his father, the firefighter. And then it's a love story of my relationship with my son, now with his son. Right. 
And that's the last thing I want to talk to you about, David. And again, I appreciate you giving us this time, and that is something we find in Chapter 10 of the book. You talk about the divorce. You talk about the, the feelings that you had. And then, as you say in Chapter 10, but then out of nowhere, I received texts from folks I had not heard from in quite some time asking me how I was doing. They said they were suddenly thinking of me, how I was on their prayer list. I even received a rare text from Stephen's busy wife with a set of happy faces. In a matter of hours, I was flooded with blankets of kindness. And then that you lead into a conversation with your son and then the idea and the thought of time. I want to talk about that, the blankets of kindness. Because I do think as you turn on the television and you kind of look out the door, sometimes we can forget that, that that exists. It's or is, is it moments like that day that make you optimistic about the future and about humanity? Yes, yes, yes. It's just sometimes I think in part because of computers and social media and, and you know, everything is so fast. And sometimes it's not exactly fact, fact, you know, because everything is so easy. You know, relationships yeah. you can hook up in a matter of minutes or hours. You can Google something in seconds. You can, I mean, it's just overwhelming. And unfortunately right now we're going through a, a different type of evolution, whether it's political evolution or the science or medicine. And, and, and people get scared and do stupid things, and they hurt other people. It's an automatic reaction. So what I try to tell people is don't overwhelm yourself. That's number one. Because when you get overwhelmed, you shut down, you get scared, and you're not living a happy life. The second thing is I cannot tell you, and this is if your audience gets nothing, I want them to sit down, write this down, open your heart, get this. There are points in a life, there are points in a life, in every life, that you get hidden messages. That maybe people say something like, hey, how you doing? Hey, keep up the good work. Hey, I'm thinking about you. And you're going, yeah, have a nice day. See you later. But there's certain points in life that maybe three or four people say something, the exact vernacular, the exact tone with the exact amount of care or love. And that tells me that God or some other force is looking out for you. And you better dang well listen because God is busy and people are busy. I mean, think about it. Hours before I was going to have a weekend alone with my mother and I thought she was going to kill me. I am suddenly rescued. In Return to the River, we talk about within days of me being homeless, the Air Force finally allows me to enlist. Three years later, I, I was all processing. I had three days left, and I suddenly get the dream job of the world. Unbelievable. I call these tumblers, gods or life, tumblers of life. And I, you know, I, I'm human too. I mean, I get burnt out. I feel I should have done this or I could have done this or I could have said this. You know, I was very shocked when my beautiful bride said that she wanted a divorce. I'm, I, 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 so I, you can't hear, you can't feel your gelatin. But now with time and tide, I can say, well, you know, we didn't see each other that much. She had moved away to be close to her family. I'm still up in, in you know, uh, nowhere land doing the superhero thing, and I get tired too. You know, you got to look at yourself, and it's hard sometimes. It really is hard. But I have nothing but blessed compassion for the life that I've been given because I know what it's like to be nothing and less than zero 
and yet I get to do a show with you, sir. I, I, I get to hopefully make people laugh a little bit. Maybe, you know, and I really, truly, hand on my Bible, believe that this book can truly help people out because it gives them permission to open up and feel and hopefully, you know, look at the blessings that they've had. Because I always say this, Cyrus, no one's been more blessed than myself. No one. And that is the big thing here, uh, Dave, which is why I'm so glad that we've been able to have this conversation because the blessings you've been able to have and the platform you have and the permission that you give to readers, I think will definitely help them to look at themselves differently and look at what they can overcome in a different way. Again, everyone, Dave Pelzer has been our guest. Dave, this has been an amazing conversation. Return to the River is the new book, Reflections on Life Choices During a Pandemic. It is available wherever your favorite books are sold. If they don't have it, it's your local bookstore. I know they'd be more than happy to order it for you. Of course, you can also get it through our friends at Amazon.com. Dave, what about for yourself? Uh, how can our audience stay connected with you? Well, I do have a small podcast show called The Dave Pelzer Show. It's it's a very simple show. It's Edward R. Merrill meets uh, Garrison Keeler and a little Robin Williams. And uh, we have the website, uh, DavePelzer.com, and, you know, people write us things, and we try to write everybody back and so forth. But one, Mr. Webb, I just want to thank you for allowing me to – because some shows, you know, i got to watch what I say. But I really appreciate, you know, you allowing me to speak from my heart. And I truly, truly hope that your audience will listen to the show again and write down notes and mend those fences and live a blessed life. I truly hope that happens. Well, I think this book definitely gives them permission to do that, Dave. And I want to thank you again for, I mean, there's a lot of programs I know that you could be on. So I do appreciate you spending some time with us and looking forward to speaking with you again. Okay. And before we go, I want to read you something, if I may, sir, very sure. quickly. Sure. And I want everybody to just put down a cup of coffee, you know, pull over. I want this to resonate. And I think this is a perfect fitting for the book. The proper function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. That's Jack London, ladies and gentlemen. Another quote, last quote. Live a grand adventure, so to tell a great story. North Sonoma Coast, California Fire Captain, 4412, tells her. <laughs> Love it. go, friend. Love it. I appreciate that, Dave. Great words for us to end with. And definitely, like I said, you're welcome back here anytime. Oh, sir, please. I would be honored to do that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care.